Warning, this podcast frequently contains disturbing and graphic content. User discretion is highly advised. Hello again, Nightmare Society. A big welcome to our newest official members of the Nightmare Society online campfire. Max, Alyssa, Joni M, Liliana M, Isabel T, TJ T, and Epoch Philosophy. Thanks so much for showing your love for the podcast, guys. It's so much appreciated and helps keep this thing going. And welcome. Another huge thank you goes to user Frantic Sledder for sharing their story with us tonight. As per usual, don't forget to follow us over on Instagram at Nightmare Society Radio, and you can find the online campfire at patreon.com slash nightmare society and if you're interested in merch we have that on nightmare society threadless.com and you can find all of those links in the show notes now get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of the nightmare society My fiancé and I threw a dinner party one time to celebrate his mom completing chemotherapy. I hired a caterer. We were expecting 25 friends and family, so it was more than the kitchenette of our single-story ranch house could handle. We've also only just moved in, so didn't have a lot of cooking staples available. The caterer said that he would bring everything 75% done, but he needed to finish off some dishes in our kitchen. I told him that was fine as long as he was finished by 5 o'clock, because the kitchen is centrally located and we'd prefer everyone be finished before the guests arrived due to the intimate nature of the occasion. He said that would be fine. He arrives as scheduled at 12 p.m., We gave him until 5 o'clock, and the guests aren't even arriving until 6 o'clock. So, plenty of time. He smelled like actual dog crap, but I thought maybe he just didn't believe in deodorant. It was more than a sweat smell, though. It smelled like sun-baked diaper. That made me uneasy because he was going to be preparing food for sick people and young children. I just made sure he washed his hands and then left him to his own devices, worrying I was being presumptuous. Throughout the entire process, he keeps pulling me aside to ask me questions and have me taste things. I was super busy because my husband had to work during the day and pick up the surprise guest right after. So setting up the deck, Decorating, putting together the slideshow equipment, coordinating the surprise guest. We flew her sister in and I had to make sure she got an Uber at the airport and her hotel had worked out, etc. 
and just a million other little details. So every 10 minutes being asked things like, You prefer this with paprika or without? With is fine, whatever you think. Taste it, to be sure. Was getting old when he was still there at 5.45 after two gentle reminders. I flat out told him I needed him completely out by 6 o'clock no matter what. He apologized and said there had been a delay because our oven wouldn't stay up to temperature. I had never had a problem with our oven before, but I figured he's the professional. Maybe it was a subtle problem. A little before 6 o'clock rolls around, a few of our friends start trickling in. I decide to tell him whatever's done is done and whatever isn't he should just put in the fridge but he's nowhere to be found. I go out on the deck to ask my friends if they'd seen him and he's out there. Alcoholic beverage in hand, out of his chef whites and now in a t-shirt and jeans, mingling with my friends. I walked out just in time for him to introduce himself to my cousin-in-law as a good friend of mine. Nope, too weird for me. I met him in person for the first time barely six hours ago. I told him he needed to leave. Now. So he goes inside and gets his bag and makes a beeline for my bedroom. I'm taken aback. I say, excuse me, where are you going? And he says, to change. So first of all, we have a guest bathroom clearly visible. Second, why can't he wear a t-shirt and jeans home? I tell him I'm not comfortable with him going into my bedroom, but he insists it'll only be a second and goes in and shuts and locks the door. I couldn't even get a word out before he went in and felt helpless. I was going outside to ask one of my friends to help me usher him out, but at that point my fiancé got there with my aunt-in-law. I had to explain the situation to him, nearly in tears at that point. And he was like, What? He went in the bedroom? Why? So he pounded on the door. And the caterer came out, still in a t-shirt and jeans. And my fiancé said, You shouldn't be in there. You need to leave. And the caterer says, Excuse me. Excuse me. So this is not your house. It's not up to you to decide. And my six foot four, two hundred sixty pound fiance tells him, "Yes, actually, it is his house," and puts a hand on his back and guides him to the door. The caterer says, "I thought she was the one who lived here," pointing to me. And he says, "Yes, my fiance lives here with me." And the caterer goes absolutely nuts. He turns to me and screams, You lied to me, you bitch. I have no clue what he's talking about. He starts yelling about how I let him on and calling me a bitch some more. I don't know who he thought the man in the pictures with me around the house was. But my fiance says, Oh no, you won't talk that way in my house. Find the door. And the caterer goes in the kitchen and starts throwing the trays of food out of the refrigerator and onto the floor. At that point, my fiancé realized two of his brothers, both currently offensive linemen at the college level, had come in and were on the deck. 
He signaled to them and they came inside and he basically said, this guy is harassing us. Since they're a family of all boys and my fiance is the first to get married, they don't get to flex their protective muscles too often and jumped at the chance to toss this guy out. The party then went on as planned, but I insisted we just order pizza and throw out all the food he made. My fiancé and friends kept asking isn't that a bit much, but I was insistent. We went out late drinking with his brothers and got home around 3.30 in the morning and passed out in our room. At around 5am I was woken up to the sound of the door opening. I figured either we forgot to lock the door in our drunken stupor and it blew open, or one of his family forgot their keys or something in the house and didn't want to wake us up. His parents and his local brother both have a key. However, his parents never, ever, ever let themselves in when they know we're home. And his brother had had even more than we did, and was definitely not awake and driving around at 5am. It wasn't nearly windy enough for the door to have blown open, as it had been tranquil all night long. So I wake up my fiancé and whisper, Someone just came into the house. And he said the same thing that I had originally thought, that probably his brother left his wallet or something. I figure I'm being paranoid and try to put it to rest when I hear a loud crash sound. With that, my fiancé was up and on his feet in one movement. He told me to lock myself in the closet and call 911 while he went and looked around. As I was pulling out my phone, we hear a familiar voice calling my name. And I realize it's just this insane caterer. I'm not worried about this caterer physically overpowering my fiancé, or me for that matter. So I charge right out there. The caterer is shirtless and clearly on something. He's taking the pictures that are of just me off the wall and holding several in his arms already. He lunges towards me when he sees me. My fiancé gets between me and him and I call 911. My fiancé tells him the cops have already been called and it's in his best interest to get off the property. Caterer says, No, I have to make sure she's okay. And I ask, What? Why wouldn't I be okay? And my fiance rightfully says not to engage with him and feed into it. My fiance stays between him and I while I climb out of a window. He watches as the caterer throws photos of us on the floor. My fiancé didn't want to subdue or touch him in any way, so the caterer couldn't make any assault claims. He's begun to destroy our kitchen at this point, and when the cops come in, he has a butcher knife. My fiancé considered going for the gun safe when he first got the knife, since we live in a stand-your-ground state, but he decided the situation was hectic enough without introducing a firearm. The caterer does not obey the police's orders to drop his weapon and says he isn't leaving without me. So they tase him. It's lucky for him he only got tased and he didn't antagonize my husband into squashing him. 
As he's let out in cuffs, he's shouting how he and I are in love, and it figures I chose a macho thug over a sweet, sensitive artist like him. And all women are whores, etc., etc., etc. He continues on this tirade the entire time police are reading him his rights. The police ask us to do an inventory of the house and see if anything's missing or damaged besides what we witnessed him do. We go around and there's nothing. But then I remember he was in our room yesterday and go through the room. All of my underwear from the dirty laundry hamper were gone, as well as another explicit item of mine that I'm not going to mention, but it was creepily gone as well. We were so freaked out in the aftermath that we replaced all of our kitchenware, toothbrushes, sent our sheets to be professionally cleaned, and had a cleaning crew do a deep clean on the whole house. We were also extremely glad we had not decided to serve food to our guests and my fiancé's medically fragile mother. This guy actually sent me a letter from prison that thankfully my husband intercepted because I was still recovering from the whole thing. We gave it to the police who helped us get issued a no contact order. He was sentenced to three years in prison five years ago. So, he's out by now. But thankfully, we have not met again. When I was 13, the dawning of a new millennium took place on New Year's Eve. While people were fearing the worst with the Y2K bug, or out partying and drinking, I was home alone. In 1996, my parents had split up, and from there they divorced, and my mother and I moved across the country, from Oregon to Tennessee, with her best friend. On the eve of the year 2000, I was home alone, and my mother was currently out of state. Now, this didn't worry me, as this wasn't the first time. I often came home to find a note on the kitchen counter saying that they had gone to Florida for a few days, and that there were groceries in the fridge. Since the divorce, she was regularly leaving me alone for long periods of time to go to Florida. We lived on a relatively quiet road surrounded by trees and set a few miles out of town, and I knew most of the people, if not by name, then by face enough to wave and small chat with them, and had never before been given a reason to be afraid of being alone. On the night in question, I was staying up late watching TV. I remember I was watching the movie His Bodyguard on USA Channel and had most of the lights on in the house. Not because I was afraid, but because at 13 I wasn't concerned with electricity bills or saving the environment. I felt completely safe and protected within my little bubble of a home. As I was watching the movie, I kept hearing these weird sounds outside, but I remember thinking it was probably the neighbors. Though they weren't extremely close, a couple of them were having a party or people over for the holiday. 
About halfway into the movie, however, the power in the house suddenly went dead. I sat on the couch for a minute, just sort of in a panic daze, because it was near midnight and pitch black. I remember thinking the power must have gone out and that it would come back on soon, so I just decided to sit on the couch with my blanket and wait. A few minutes passed by when I heard a noise in the kitchen where the back door is. My heart started racing in my chest because I thought it sounded like the back door being shut. The back door sits just off the dining room, which is connected to the kitchen, which leads directly into the living room, where I was currently sitting on the couch. A few seconds passed after I heard the sound, and I was straining my ears to pick up anything that wasn't supposed to be there. Every noise suddenly felt magnified. When footsteps sounded on the floor, I immediately slithered off the couch onto all fours, crawled around the ottoman, and started to slowly and as quietly as I could make my way toward the space between the love seat and the couch. I knew I could fit under the side table and be completely hidden by the dark and the ottoman, from playing hide and seek in the dark many, many times with my friends during sleepovers. I was nearly there when the footsteps became more apparent. I knew from the sound of them that whoever it was was making their way through the kitchen now towards the living room. They weren't hurried or anything. It was like they were just moving around in the kitchen. I glanced up from where I was crouched on the floor, and to my horror there was a dark silhouette standing in the archway between the two rooms. To my credit, I did not scream. However, I did panic. I stood immediately to my feet from my hiding spot and ran down the hallway, and I believe the only reason I wasn't overcome was because the person chasing me had to get around the ottoman in the dark to follow me. I did what all children do when they're afraid, and I bypassed the front door, the guest bedroom, the bathroom, and ran to the farthest door down the hallway, my room. In all honesty, I probably wouldn't have been able to get the front door unlocked and open in time, as it was right off the side of the couch. When I was 10, I got a bird for my birthday. He was a blue-fronted Amazon, and I named him Boo, because it was October and close to Halloween. Boo had a large iron cage, it could have been metal, but very large, sturdy, and like six feet tall. And it was kept in my room, despite the fact that Boo, like me, pretty much had the run of the house whenever he wanted. This information will become relevant later in the story. As I ran into the room, I slammed the door shut and locked it. However, the lock was simply one of those turn knobs that you can easily pop with a butter knife. I had barely gotten the door shut and locked when the person on the other side knocked on it. I have no idea why they knocked, if they did it to mock me or to scare me, but I knew in my heart that my little lock was not going to keep whoever it was on the other side out of my room. It didn't keep my mother out when we were arguing, and it wouldn't stand up to brute force. I was panicking, on the verge of tears 
when the person started laughing. It was low, quiet, and because of that it was even more frightening. It wasn't like manic laughter, but as if they were genuinely amused. It was the laughter that really frightened me, and I started heavily hysterically crying and looking around my room to figure out what I could do. That was when I realized Boo's cage would fit almost perfectly between the door and the wall of my closet. The cage moved quietly on my carpeted floor, but as I pushed it into place it scraped against the door and alerted whoever it was on the other side that I was trying to barricade myself in, because suddenly they threw themselves at my door and you could hear the sound of the wood splintering and the door handle being twisted violently. Boo, who had been stirred by the movement, awake, began literally screaming and flapping his wings. I might have screamed with him, but honestly, I don't remember screaming at all. I just remember being extremely scared. Terrified, I crawled under my bed slash couch. It's a bunk bed with a futon on the bottom, metal, and waited. Several minutes passed and the person eventually stopped attacking my door. Boo continued screaming even after he had stopped. Though being under my bed gave me no feelings of being secure, I didn't come out from under it because I simply had nowhere else to go. I thought about trying to go out the window but I was afraid he might expect it and therefore be waiting for me on the other side. And it was also several feet off the ground, as the house was built on a raised foundation. I remember laying under my bed, terrified, for what felt like hours. I must have fallen asleep because I awoke the next morning to daylight. The fear of what happened came back to me as soon as I registered where I was and why, and scared that whoever had been in my house might still be there. I decided to crawl out the window and run to a neighbor's house since it was daylight outside, and therefore I felt less afraid. Crawling out a window is a lot harder than it looks, and I did it less than gracefully, as I was not and still am not the most coordinated human being. Once I was back on my feet, however, I carefully made my way around the house, and that's when I noticed that the back door was wide open. Scared, but feeling braver now that I was outside and that it was morning instead of pitch black night, I walked up the back steps and peered inside. Seeing nothing out of the ordinary, no terrifying man leering at me basically, I decided to go inside. Looking back I cringe on how stupid this could have turned out and that I wish I could have told my younger self to make the smarter move and just go get help, but thankfully no one was inside the house. I did a terrifying heart pounding room to room check, looking in closets and under beds behind the couch, anywhere I thought even a small child might be able to fit. I even popped the lock on my mom's bedroom so I could check it, and then re-locked it afterwards. 
When I was positive there was no one there, I went back to lock the door. I had left it open in case I needed to escape quickly. And I noticed that the breaker box on the opposite wall was open. The main switch had been pulled. I flipped it back on, locked both locks on the back door, checked all the windows and front door, and then called my mom, where I once again broke down crying hysterically. She called a co-worker who came and stayed with me the entire day as she drove back. My mom still took random trips to Florida after that, but I always went with her from then on forward. So terrifying, laughing, crazy person that broke into my house on New Year's Eve. Please, let's never ever meet again. And I sincerely hope no other young girl had to meet you either. I don't know if you were just some drunk visitor of a neighbor, but you terrorized me that night. I was afraid of being alone when my mom was working, and to this day I still get scared when I'm home alone. Overthink what I would do if someone came inside, and where I would hide. When my cats make noise out of nowhere, I immediately investigate for fear. It's someone trying to get in. Don't forget to check us out over on Instagram at Nightmare Society Radio. And uh, be sure to participate in our Friday Would You Rather game. It's pretty fun. Also, we're located over on patreon.com slash nightmare society if you're interested in supporting the podcast. Or you can also look at the merch we have on nightmaresociety.threadless.com. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time. Sweet.